It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It was a big weekend for the Auburn Tigers on the recruiting front. A lot of people came in town to watch the Tigers practice, but there was one player, one player Auburn desperately needs. We'll tell you who and a lot more on Locked on Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. And I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's Monday, so we are joined by the one and only Lindsey Crosby, the Auburn banker himself, writer at AuburnDaily.com and podcaster at Locked On MLB Prospects. You're probably wondering, why is the title not having anything to do with Auburn basketball? Well, if you want Auburn basketball coverage, go to our show, whether it's on YouTube or the podcast feed. We did a live show last night breaking down everything that happened throughout the weekend as it pertains to Auburn. We're recording this before all the action happens, Lindsay, because I I just thought it would be silly to do two shows that are very similar because within a five or six hour period. So... Um, we're going to focus on the big weekend on the recruiting front, but if you want basketball, that content is already up, whether it's on YouTube or just go one show deeper into the podcast feed. We appreciate it. But Lindsay, a lot of dudes on campus this weekend for the Tigers. Yeah, uh, big, big weekend full of visits. And I have to say, I love that you are giving the people what they want and you are saying, listen, we're covering football, we're covering all of that. There's a separate podcast episode we recorded last night for basketball. This is Zach Blackerby giving people what they want. Let's and go. I am fired up for this. Let's go. The Top Auburn podcast for a reason, baby. Let's go. All right. So of all the guys are on campus, there is one to me that is just significantly bigger than all of the other folks that stepped foot to watch the Tigers practice uh, on Friday and Saturday. And it is Corey Rucker. The Arizona State transfer, the freshman All-American. And for a reason that they clearly talked about with Corey Rucker, which I think is important. The transparency, the 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 clear, open form of communication. And he talked about it and you know, you can read about it in several um several different people have written about this interview, but the plug and play approach is sounds like that's the verbiage that they use with Corey Rucker. And I think when we all watch his highlight tapes, which is very easy to find, just type in Corey Rucker on YouTube after you're done watching this, but he's he clearly is a guy that can have an instant impact, I believe, at the SEC level. Now, I don't know if there's if he's able to, you know, be the number one guy for several SEC teams, but I think he could be at Auburn. Um and I think if he does that if he does that, it opens up so much for the receiver room because 
then I think Javaris Johnson could just be the slot guy. I think Shedrick Jackson could just be the physical guy, you know, to the short side of the field. I, I think it just opens up so many different things. But, Lindsey, I love that they're flat out telling him, you are a plug-and-play type player in this offense, and you can make this offense better as soon as you commit. Yeah, it's something where they are sh- – like the thing that I've always talked about when it comes to like my career and the things that I did, you know, in, in banking was I always explained like you have to take away as many barriers as you can to yes. somebody making the decision. So you need to lay out how this is easy, simple, and fast that they can do this thing you're proposing. Uh, and and what is recruiting but sales? I mean, it is right. selling a player on this program, on the coach, on the roster, and they are telling him like here is how we see you working out. Here, like it, it's going to be seamless, and here's why. And there's something to be said for for when you're a player, for one, getting the attention that he is getting. You know, like you like to feel that because oftentimes the high, like the high recruits, when they get like they feel like that in high school. When they get to college, you're just a dude, and to feel that again is nice. But sure, for them to go and to lay out a map and say, here is how you are going to make this offense better. Here's how you're going to fit. Uh, it's something that last year, a lot of the vibe that I felt, and this comes back to the big recruiting conversation, recruiting conversation, recruiting them, was very much, here's how much work you're going to have to do to like to, to fit in with this team. And here's how we expect you to act. And now it seems like it's very much, here's how what you already do can help us. Mm-hmm. And it's just making the case. And I like this new approach of, let's not be afraid to tell players, like, we need your help and you know you, you can help us as you are now versus saying we want to bring you in and get you to a place where you can contribute for us right um Corey rucker did say that old miss was his dream school um but they like dropped out of communication with him and he didn't know exactly where they stood so i think that's huge for the tigers He's going to visit South Carolina uh, when this goes up on Monday. I believe it's today and tomorrow. It's earlier this week. And then he's going to Utah State later in the week, which is a bit of the outlier when you look at the schools that are interested in him. Um, And then he said he could continue uh, before he makes his decision. He could return to Auburn in the form of an official visit. So um, I think South Carolina is a tad concerning. I think South Carolina, if I was an offensive player, Right now, with what South Carolina is doing and what Coach Beamer has done there in a short amount of time, like that would be an appealing landing spot. I'm not going to lie to you. There is a crystal ball out there um, for him at South Carolina, and I don't know exactly when it came out, if it came out before or after this visit. I'm assuming probably before this visit. I would think so. But on, yeah. but on paper, if you are being objective and not being an Auburn homer and you look at the situations and you look at, Spencer Rattler throwing me the ball in South Carolina versus right. one of these quarterbacks. I don't know who at Auburn. Sure. I can understand why the South Carolina spot looks appealing. And so you have to hope that, that one, he comes back for an official either way so they can give him the full experience. But then two, that he, hopefully he sees the vision of what Auburn uh, wants to do for him and how they want to, like you said, just plug and play him into the offense and let him, let him eat next year. And, and hopefully that, that pans out. Yeah. Then he also talked about the transparency of Ike Killyard, which if you listen to the show at all, you know that I am obsessed with Ike Killyard. I am a stan. Like, he, he is incredible. And so 
Um, he, he referenced, he's like, hey, this is my first time coaching college. Um, he didn't try to sell me the dream was one of the quotes that I read, which I thought was interesting. It's an interesting approach, but I, I think it's going to be blunt. I think he's going to treat these kids like they're professionals because that's what he's used to doing. Um, so I like that. Uh, this was kind of the first glimpse of Ike Hilliard in a recruiting role that we've been able to see because that was really the only question mark about the hiring of Hilliard, right? Was he has the experience, he has the coaching knowledge. It's just he hasn't recruited before. But you got to think if he can pull all that together, he should be able to, to make the sales pitch. So that was his approach when uh, recruiting Corey Rucker this weekend. I'm curious to see if that is a continued theme whenever Hilliard is talking to folks or not. I mean, and if you are a wide receiver who has visions of going pro one day and most college football players do even sure. if it doesn't happen if you're, most of if them, you're a freshman I mean, all-american yeah that that's on your mind yeah yeah uh having like being able to be coached by a guy who has been in the league for his entire career right uh you know obviously he's seen those players up close he knows what is the hard work is that is required he knows the level of technical skill the prowess and he knows all the little tips and tricks mm-hmm. that you learn on the job up there that has to be appealing. And and there is, I do admire, like kind of like he said, that he was very transparent about like, hey, never coached in college before, have to learn this. But he also has the track record of, I have done this at the highest possible level right. in the NFL. So you have to think, I don't know South Carolina's wide receivers coach, but I imagine it's probably not somebody with the NFL background of an Ike Hilliard. And so you have to hope that that is enough to get land the commitment over South Carolina and over Utah State because you never know yeah. in 2022. Nope, you're right. You're right. NIL is a crazy, crazy thing. More folks were on campus for the Tigers this weekend, but I'm not really going to zoom in on any other players, but I, I think there's a big picture takeaway that we can all look at and I think be excited about moving forward. But I want to tell you about our friends at Stat Hero. Look, everybody's bracket was busted Thursday night, like when this thing started. But it's been so fun still being involved and engaged in the madness with Stat Hero. I have um, I've made a decent amount of money doing this. I'm not going to lie. I, I made more doing this than I would have if I was just straight up gambling. So uh, Daily Fantasy made right. I mean, it, it is so fun. So go to StatHero.com and uh, StatHero.com slash on. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. It's going to give you 100% welcome bonus, which is awesome. But Stat Hero, seriously, it's the easiest and fastest way to get that sports fix that you need. Highly, highly recommend it. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Also, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. You can go to Built.com. You can check out all the different flavors and all the different products they have. They've got more than just Built Bar. There are Built Puffs, which are these like protein-infused marshmallows as well as um, Built Boost, which is kind of this powdery thing that you mix into some water to kind of give you some vitamins and minerals that you need, um, as well as some other things. So go to Built.com, check it all out, and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. Lindsey Crosby, there were a ton of dudes on campus. A lot of offensive linemen, which obviously is something that Auburn, the program itself, has struggled with for a very, very Long time. A lot of these exit interviews that these reporters get when these guys are leaving the, the, the complex, a lot of them say good things, right? It's a lot of people kind of saying, hey, it was great, or 
Auburn shot up my list this weekend or I definitely have to come back. But I think the big question is like, does any of that actually mean anything? And I don't think it does. But the thing that I do think means something is you look at this and I don't think we really got anything like this at Auburn and from Brian Harson's staff a year ago. And we've talked about this before over the last month or so, you know, ever since the Brian Harson debacle, you know, the, and I, I shouldn't even call it a Brian Harson debacle, more like an Auburn football debacle with like how everything was handled. And uh, I think he's changed his approach to all of this. I mean, we, we talked about this before with him casting a wider net and offering more players. And if you have an ounce of interest in Auburn, let's get you on campus so you can see what's going on. Let's evaluate each other, make this a two-way street. And I think we've seen a ton of that, right? I mean, we, we, we saw offensive linemen, highly rated offensive linemen that are committed to other schools here. I think we saw kids from Texas here. And obviously, there was more than just offensive linemen. Uh, but I, I'm talking specifically about offensive linemen now just because it's such, there's such an emphasis on it. But to me, Lindsay, this makes me feel significantly more confident about the recruiting approach than I did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it's recruiting's never guaranteed. And so the more guys that are getting offers, the like the wider your net is, like the better your chances are of landing quality players. It's there's very few programs. I think Clemson's the only high-level one that I can think of that give out very few offers and still land high-level talent. Everybody right. else, you know, you have to it's it's almost like recruiting in the video game. Like you have to give them an offer for them for, like to be seriously considered by them in their top five and their top three. And so the fact they're not being a selective up front makes me feel good. Um, now, obviously, we haven't seen the commitments. We haven't seen, you know, guys sign letters of intent to come here. But the the, the work up front is being done. And yeah. you have I feel a lot better personally about where this recruiting class may end up knowing that a lot of these touted guys are options right now. When, as we heard from the, from last year's class, they did a lot of weeding out guys before they even talked to them. And so, unless you're the number one team in the country and you're coming off a string of national championships, you can't afford to just ignore players who are interested in coming to your school. Right. You have to at least visit with them and consider them before anything else. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of battles for four and five stars that happen because the class is absolutely loaded this year throughout the state. That you are going to lose to Alabama, to Georgia, to folks from the outside of the region that are coming into the state just because it's such a hotbed this year. I mean, they're going to lose some of those dudes. But you're going to win your share as well. And also, you're just going to have to out-evaluate several, several of these schools. And I think that's where this staff can be really good at. But you gotta, you, you got to do it. And you've got to you've got to make sure that like once you find this diamond in the rough, this three star that you know maybe you know your rivals aren't giving as much love to, like you still got to get them. You can't let them like slip away and go to Arkansas or Texas A and M or something like that. So we'll we'll see what's happening here. But I just love the wider net approach, and to me the change is good. Once again, you know I said this during that you know the week where there were a lot of questions about Harson. I said the best case scenario. The best case scenario in all of it was Harson be retained and he change a few things. And one of those things was his approach to recruiting. And I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's, um, you know, folks on his staff kind of stepping up and doing things. It really seems like Zach Gethridge has a big part of all of this. 
But whatever the change is, I, you know, I don't care who's behind it, but it, it appears to be happening. And it hasn't turned into commitments yet, but I think it's going to. And what I think the fan base needs to do to this is when it's a three-star, if Auburn gets a three-star, don't act like he's a terrible player. Like, let's trust. I, I think this staff has earned the whole right to evaluation. And some people may say, no, it's too early. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But these kids see that. I mean, social media is more important now in recruiting than ever. And so I think the fan base is rolling all of this. Whoever it is, it doesn't matter if it's a two-star or a four-star or a five-star, whatever it may be, be excited because it's a guy that this coaching staff wanted and he wants to come to Auburn. And I, and I think that's the next step here is kind of accepting that that's what this process may look like at times. Yeah, there's a level of ownership that the fan base as a whole has to have in this process that we didn't have to have before. And I think the whole thing we dealt with with Harson about, you know, with, with the, the university looking at stuff and all of that, yep. I think a contributing factor to that being started, not the entire thing, but a contributing factor was the, like, the disappointment by the fan base vocally about the way that they perceive things as going. A lot of players transferring out, and it's not all of it. There was a lot of other, of other parts of that. Sure. But you have to understand that good and bad, what we do online, what we say in public forums, what we do on this show, yeah. things like this, this affects the athletics program at our university. And so I'm not saying that we have to, you know, you don't have to lie about a kid. That's fine. But if you don't like the kid, Maybe don't say anything. Well, here's the biggest rule. Don't tweet at the recruits. <laughs> don't tweet at recruits. <laughs> but I, 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 I feel good. I feel good about what happened this weekend. And so you know, I wanted yeah. to make sure that that was stressed and put out. As far as, you know, notes from practice and things like that, you know, I, I, I'm not hearing a whole lot. Um, later today, we'll get a, a new practice window. And I should be able to make it. I wasn't able to make it last week due to... Um, Locked on responsibilities, but I should be able to make it this afternoon. So I'm excited to see that. Did, however, see a picture of Eculiota, and oh my God, that guy's an absolute unit. Yeah, he is. Um, he's one of those guys that was a little bit lower rated. Um, they scouted him. They have begun the physical development of Eculiota. Yeah, from Northwestern, uh, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he is a guy that. Like he is the example of why if we bring in a three star, trust them that the three star is probably going to play above what a typical three star would do. Look at Eculiota. He's a guy that went to Northwestern because he didn't have a ton of power five options, played well, they brought him in, and he looks like a monster and is going to by you know, from what it appears, like have a monster season this this year. And so let that right there tell you trust the evaluation. Look at the guys they put in the NFL from Boise. Right. The two stars and three stars they brought into Boise and put in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Trust the evaluations of this team. Be excited when someone commits to Auburn, whether they're a three star or a five star. Um, and right. let this team, let this coaching staff do what they do best, which is finding talent and getting them on the field. No, Eculiota, absolute unit. There's no question about it. And then one other note just from uh, some photos and, and videos that have kind of been circling Jarquez Hunter looks significantly more built, which is saying something, but he looks significantly more built. His weight didn't change a whole lot in the, um, you know, we all talked about like the biggest weight changes and things like that. His numbers didn't pop in that regard, but just the shaping of his body 
Like, that dude is ready to pummel some folks. And he already was. I mean, we saw what he was as a true freshman. I think he played a little bit more than we thought he would, um, just due to, you know, kind of how the depth chart played out. But, man, he's a guy that I think is going to be an even better number two to tank than we may have thought. Uh, I think he's going to be a better number two this year than he was last year. And, um, you know, with what we think this offense is going to be, with using these running backs more, I think that is extremely, extremely important. I mean, that is a thick dude. I mean, he <laughs> he is built. How many C's on that? Uh, at least two, possibly three. Possibly three. Jarquez Hunter, uh, big boy, and he's going to hit you like a big boy. I am excited to... I don't know if anything's ever going to... Um, to pass Sean Shivers obliterating Xavier McKinney, but I'm excited for Jarquez Hunter to try. I need someone to show him that video and then so he can just say <laughs> challenge accepted yeah. and go into a game. Gosh, no, he, he's, um, and I don't know if he was really that kind of player. I mean, he was big and strong, but I mean, he had some more speed to him too than just all power, but he, he looks, he looks great. Today's show brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to wager on all of your sports throughout the entire internet, which is a lot. There's a lot of competitors out there, but Bet Online, um, you know their uh, their attention to detail and all their different lines happening throughout March Madness and futures, whether it's the NFL or college, they have you covered. So go to BetOnline.net to see all the information and all the betting props that you need at Bet Online. Where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsey Crosby, before we jump into our baseball conversation, what all do you have going on? So uh, my show, Lockdown MLB Prospects, is firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, spring training is in for both mi- uh, minor leagues and major leagues. Tons of transactions happening. We've seen trades with prospects. So wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, go check out Lockdown MLB Prospects. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I talk a lot of baseball, both Auburn and professional. Uh, I'm at Crosby Baseball. You can check out the Auburn baseball coverage at AuburnDaily.com, yes. uh, as well as the merch at AUShirts.com. I love that. All right. Auburn, they looked really good against Ole Miss on Friday, which was game two. It was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. But Thursday and then especially um, Saturday, I mean, it was all Ole Miss. Yeah. So Auburn loses the series two games to one to Ole Miss. Uh, game one, 13 to six, Old Miss wins. Game two, 19 to five, Auburn, absolute obliteration. Wish they could game have spread th- those runs out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Game three, 15 to two, uh, Old Miss. So at double digits all, all weekend. And the big takeaway a lot of people have that I've seen has been like, I don't think this Auburn team's that good. And I kind of want to say not so fast. So number one, Old Miss. Uh, not not a consensus, but most places have the number one. Their consensus top four, right? Consensus top four, yes. Yeah. Uh, they had 39 hits on the weekend to Auburn's 38. 
So rather close there. Runs, they scored 33. Auburn scored 27. Uh, and this is a an Ole Miss team that offensively was very good entering the, the, the season, or the series. One of the best teams in baseball as far as runs per game, batting average, walks per game, things like that. Um, the big difference in this game was defense and specifically errors by Auburn. So for the three game series, Ole Miss commits two errors, one on Saturday, one, uh, one on Saturday, one on Friday, Auburn commits eight. And of the eight, five of them come in game one, uh, four in the same inning. So, so game one's 13 to six, I believe six of those 13 runs were unearned runs due to errors. And 10 of those 13 runs scored because an inning was extended due to a pass ball, a wild pitch, or an error. So this is something where Butch Thompson has talked all season now about he wants to dominate the routine plays. He wants the defense to show up and to be there. And this was something where you've seen a little bit of of injury. Second baseman Cole Foster's out with a separated shoulder. Uh, we saw some, as Butch himself called it Thursday night, some substandard catcher play on on Thursday leading to some errors. But for the most part, this team has played like played well this weekend. The issues they had just when they happened, they happened at the worst possible time. Right. And then when they did fail, it was usually at the worst possible time. I want to say Saturday's game saw double-digit guys left on base by Auburn, including twice where the bases were loaded uh, with two outs and nobody scored. So played really well, just had some incredibly bad luck, as well as some defensive miscues. I think as guys get healthy, um, as Cole Foster gets back in the lineup, I think you're going to see that defense stabilize back to where it was as one of the better defensive teams in all of college baseball. Uh, And then you, you just have to hope that the timely hitting which part of that's Cole Foster being out as well, but the timely hitting comes back uh, as they make the trips to Texas A&M next week. So you think Cole could foster some uh, timely hitting? I absolutely think Cole could foster some timely. That was great. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Got him. No, uh, you know, just watching and just the, the eye test, and I mean, you you are much more, you know, technical with baseball than I am. I, I can watch and kind of eye test it, right? I can tell you if a dude's mm-hmm. good or not, right? And like this team doesn't seem that far away from Ole Miss. I'm not saying they're as good, and you're at home. I mean, that obviously is going to help you too, but, like, the gap isn't crazy. And so that, to me, should be encouraging. The downside of it, Lindsay, right, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, Auburn's schedule is just ridiculous. I mean, the the low points of their schedule are, like, they go to A&M, right, and then they play Tennessee. Like, those are their, quote-unquote, worst two teams on their schedule. Isn't that right? Uh Yeah. Tennessee is Tennessee's offense looks like they're the best offense in baseball right now. There you Tennessee go. Tennessee is I scoring mean, a ton of runs. This it's a, you are correct. It's a very difficult schedule. So right. Texas A&M seems like that's a series that isn't as difficult. Um, but you don't get Missouri. Missouri is typically a team that's a little bit easier to beat. You have to uh, you get Alabama at home and you get Arkansas at home. Thankfully, but you have to go to Tennessee. You have to go to the defending World Se- uh, College World Series champions of Mississippi State. Right. Uh, you have to go to LSU, top 10 team. Um, you do get Vanderbilt at home. Thankfully, that's going to be A-Day weekend, so they're going to need your support. Come out, come on out after A-Day. They've timed it where it should work for you. Sweet. But, yes, it is very much a – there is not a lot of chances to breathe and to catch up if you lose series in conference. Um, 
this weekend is going to be kind of crucial for Auburn. They need to win at least two games in College Station, if not sweep the series, to keep themselves in the standings as far as conference results. Because after that, you go to LSU, and then you host Vanderbilt, and then you go at Mississippi State for your next three conference, uh, your your next three series. <laughs> it's crazy. Murderer's Row. And so, Murderer. yeah, so you need you really need to sweep in College Station so that you can give yourself a little bit of cushion if you do stumble just in Starkville. So, so hard to sweep um, somebody. It's just so In tough. Baton Rouge. It is. It really, I mean, and number one team in the nation, Ole Miss couldn't sweep Auburn. They went out there and they lost game two behind a, I mean, if you'd asked me which game Auburn was going to win, I wouldn't have said it's the Hayden Mullins game on Friday night. I would have said it was the Trace Bright game on Saturday. But Hayden Mullins, five minutes of two hit, one run ball on Friday night. Um, offensively, this team is good. It's just timely pitching, and it's just dominating the routine plays on defense, which Auburn failed to do this last series. Moving forward, what are we looking for? So moving forward, I want a little clarity pitching-wise. Uh, we saw Joseph Gonzalez had the blister, le- left the series last weekend, was unavailable for this series. That's why Hayden Mullins got the start. Right. Uh, Ch- Trace Bright did not have the outing like he normally does, took his first loss of the season. Still wasn't awful. Uh, he gave up three earned runs in four and a third innings, but uh, just below the level he had kind of set. Um, we saw Jordan Armstrong pitch a bit. He was a guy who started for us earlier in the year, hasn't been starting recently. We saw Tommy Sheehan go out there. Um, give up three runs and two and two thirds. So I want to see Gonzalez come back and I want to see that third pitcher. Maybe it's a Hayden Mullins. Maybe it is Armstrong. I don't quite know, but we need to find that third pitcher. And then we just need a little bit more from the bullpen outside of Blake Burkhalter. We know he's our stopper. He's our closer. He is the guy, but outside of him, we need somebody else. We've seen, um, whether it's a Carson Skipper, uh, Carson Swilling, um, uh, Chase Alsup, we need some guys to step up and say, we are going to come into a game, um, two men on, no outs, and no one's going to score. We saw Tyler Drabick on Friday night have a great outing like that where he came in and shut it down, and when he came off the mound, he was fired up, he was yelling, he was hollering. Right. He's the only guy that we saw like that all weekend, so we need more from the bullpen. He was hooting and hollering. He was hooting and hollering. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and you can check out all of Lindsay's written work about Auburn baseball at auburndaily.com. Where else can they find you here and support you, my friend? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. If you have questions for the show, um, lockedonmbprospects at gmail.com. You can also check out the merch at Auburn Shirts. And like you said, auburndaily.com has the writing. Once again, if, if for some reason you, you maybe you skipped ahead too much or you didn't hear our note at the top of the show, you want basketball we talked about it live last night so check that out on your podcast feed or on youtube they are both up already so there you go that will there will be our all of our thoughts about um the route of 32 action whatever happens so we'll be back tomorrow right here on locked on auburn hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.